This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. I'm Helen Farmer and this is Farmer's Kitchen. Talking food from chefs to tastemakers, where to go and what to eat. We were in conversation with Sam Rhodes, the son of the late great chef Gary Rhodes, talking about his next move and how he's honouring the memory of his father in that fantastic restaurant, Rhodes W1. Chef Omar from LDC was talking about their importance of starting food from scratch and some of the big hits on their menu. Dan Fay (laughs) was on hand talking about a dining disaster that he had and paid very handsomely for in Barcelona, talking top trends, what's on our shelves with Tom Harvey from Spinney's, everything from ice spheres to snacks. Marking World Vegetarian Day, Avatara is Dubai's first not only all-vegetarian degustation fine dining experience. What are some of the dishes on that menu? And Emirates Biofarm, educating us all on agritourism with some delicious bites to boot. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinney's. Eat well, live well. We are talking food today with the chefs, the tastemakers. And I think one thing most parents hope their children carry through with them is the values and the life lessons that they've taught them. And I think a lot of children like to the idea of carrying on their parents' legacy. And that's exactly what our next guest is doing. Sam Rhodes, as the name might suggest, is the son of one of the most talented chefs in the world and arguably one of the most famous. Gary Rhodes sadly passed away a number of years ago. Um, One of my favourite people in Dubai and his legacy absolutely lives on. And in honour of his father, Sam works in food and is taking over as general manager of Rhodes W1 at Grosvenor House. I love this, Sam. I really do. Now, before we start talking about work, what would you give up, salt or sugar? <laughs> I definitely think I would give up sugar. Why? How? I, I think it's it's just, you know, salt is such an integral part of all food. I mean, I'm more of a savoury person anyway. Okay. And I think sugar, there's so many alternatives you can use oh, to rubbish. sweeten. Well, you know, <laughs> no, a little right. bit of honey or something like Dates, that is such stevia. a... Okay. It's It's such an easy thing to replace for me, whereas I don't think you can replace salt in many recipes. I haven't, I haven't decided yet. It's going to be an ongoing discussion for the next few hours. But I first want to say a huge thank you for, for coming in, especially on a Friday. I know in the F&B world, this is a, a busy time for you. Now, tell us a little bit about growing up with a father who was not just a chef, but like for many of us, the chef. What was food like at home? Um, <laughs> it's a question I get asked very, very often. Um at home, obviously, you know, when uh, we were young, dad was working 18 hours a day, mm-hmm. um, five days a week. The weekends were the only time we got to spend with him. And, of course, you know, as a chef, he was cooking all day. The last thing he wanted to do was come home and cook. He would cook, you know, when we had fish, he, would al- he was always very particular of how the fish was cooked. So he would do that. Um, and that was really special. Mm-hmm. But um, my mum was, a tr- you know, she's a trained chef as well. That's how they met in college. So... Really, we, we, we had very, very nice food at home. You did all right. But we, we did very Was well. there any question you were going to go into any other industry? To be honest, yes. When my brother, well, my brother is also in hospitality as well, albeit a slightly, uh, you know, different, uh, different field. But I think for both of us, we never had the idea that we would go into hospitality, food and beverage. We, we just didn't think that way and um, just kind of fell into it. Um, you know, not because dad was pushing us. He'd always wanted us to do what we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
yeah, having been brought up in the industry and, you know, the knowledge is there, you kind of just fall into it and never look back, really. He meant so much to so many people from other chefs in the industry to the diners that really were made to feel so special every time they came into any of his restaurants. And it's interesting you using the word hospitality there because I think there's such a difference between service and hospitality. And I think that was something that your dad really understood the art of and passed on to you know a lot of the colleagues and staff working with him um what have been some of the kind of words or sentiments that have meant the most to you since since his passing that have made you realize just what an impact he's he had um i think since he passed it's it, it's going to sound very strange because obviously he was my primarily he was my dad he was my father mm-hmm. and i don't think you know when he was at you know the the, the sort of peak of his career, I don't think my brother and I, you know, especially for me now looking back, I don't think we realised how much of a big deal he really was in the industry and how many people he influenced and the kind of impact he had um, on hospitality and, and what that meant. And, and I think the nicest thing is when he passed and seeing all the sort of the highlights of his career and all the things he achieved, it really sort of brought it home that, wow, this... My dad was really, really something and it was very, it was an eye opener for me and that sounds awful, you know, not that I'm not recognising him, no, but, it, doesn't, but it just kind of woke, up, woke me up to say, yeah, you know, that my dad was really a special person and he did so much. He really did. And as I said, the legacy is living on through you, but also through the establishments that he set up, including, of course, uh, Rhodes W1. It opened back in 2007. It did, but it was Rhodes Mezzanine. Yeah, I remember it well. Mm. I remember it really well. And as you're saying, this it's kind of evolved over the years. Known for fine dining primarily, but not stuffy fine dining, which I know sounds like a weird distinction to make, but does that make sense? Absolutely. I think um, Rhodes Mezzanine, when it first opened, was really about that ultra high-end fine dining. Um, it was, you know, the whole restaurant was completely white. white. Everything was like clean and, yeah. and you just had these little flashes of colour. It was a really funky place, um, just serving ultra high-end food, you know, that sort of nouveau cuisine, that kind of thing. Um, and then in 2014, we rebranded as Rhodes W1. And that was dad sort of saying, look, I want to get away from this ultra high-end fine dining. It still had the ingredients you'd find in a fine dining restaurant, but it was a little bit more accessible, a little bit more casual, sharing plates and that kind of thing. And I think what we're doing now um, is just the next evolution of that, really. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinney's. Eat well, live well. We're meeting the tastemakers, the chefs, talking ingredients and more. And joining us live in the studio now is Sam Rhodes. He's taken on the new GM role at Rhodes W1, where his dad was there at the helm for so long. It's been a couple of years since we said goodbye to Gary Rhodes, but wonderful to hear about the legacy living on. And certainly some of the dishes, they can't go anywhere, Sam. Surely there must be some things where there would be absolute outcry from customers if they were to come off the menu what comes to mind i think there's only one true answer for that and that is uh, our white tomato soup yeah, what about shepherd's pie shepherd's pie is on the menu as well Good. Um, the that's white something... tomato soup it is so delicious mm. 
So you've got these long-standing favourites, but you've also got um, Chef Alex with you for a number of years who's bringing rafts of experience. How, what kind of line is that for you to kind of tread, wanting to take the restaurant in you know, your own direction, but still wanting to be respectful to its heritage? Uh, absolutely. I think it, it is something that we, you know, my mother and I obviously working very closely together. It's It's been very difficult to try and change things too much, mm-hmm. obviously, because we want to respect what dad built and but also take it forward in a way that we know would make him proud. Um, something that he would be, you know, proud to have his name on. That's a really interesting point because he was always innovating. And if mm. things were to stay, as you say, kind of still and stagnant, you know, to not be innovating, not be moving with Dubai and, you know, setting the trends that he, that he did so well for the city, it would it would be against his foodie philosophy, I guess. Absolutely. Now, if we're going to come over the weekend and you do breakfast, lunch and dinner, I hadn't realised what a brilliant breakfast that would be. Make us hungry. What are some of your favourites on the menu right now, Sam? Oh, for breakfast, it's it's really, we've got such a great variety for breakfast. Um, something simple like, uh, you know, crushed avocado on sourdough toast with poached eggs. Um, but, you know, everything we do for breakfast is made in-house and fresh to order. So it's something that's a little bit different from, you know, obviously with us being in the Grosvenor House, you would expect in a hotel to go and have maybe a buffet breakfast or room service breakfast, but we are doing a full a la carte menu for breakfast. Um, we have our RW1 full English. Um, that is obviously always a favourite. Always full, a favourite. Full plateful. What Absolutely. about looking at dinner at the men- at the moment? What What do you feel like you haven't had the Rhodes W1 experience unless you've eaten? Apart from the white tomato soup, what else is, is there kind of summing it all up for you? Well, this is the thing. We, you know, with this new, more casual direction with the menu, we've, you know, obviously got many British staples on there, like our prawn cocktail salad. It's just a slightly different take on the way we present things. Um, really, really lovely to eat. We've even put a Caesar, classic Caesar salad on the menu, um, just making things really, really light and easy. Um, my particular favorite on the starters is the bang bang chicken. Um, really, really spicy. tasty. Not too spicy, but it's that sort of classic sort of satay peanut sauce. You've got cucumber, green beans, very fresh. Mm. Um, really, really tasty, though. We can't let you leave without talking desserts. A good English pud. What's, mm. what's your top pick? For me personally, it's got to be the classic bread and butter pudding. That's something that dad was very, very famous for. And it's back on the menu. It hasn't been on for a while. That, or if for something lighter, the sticky toffee pudding souffle. <laughs> okay. Souffle. Okay. Glad we qualified it with the souffle. Absolutely. Sam, thank you so much. Congratulations on the new role. It's going to be really exciting and interesting to see it all unfold. And I know your mum must be so proud to have you by her side and your dad looking over with, I mean... What a legacy. What a legacy. What a family. What a family name. And thank you so, so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. Really do appreciate it. Now get back to the team. Get back to the kitchen. And uh, I'll see you in your office next time, I'm sure. Fantastic to have you with us. Sam Rhodes speaking to us. As I said, he's just taken over as the general manager of Rhodes W1 at Grosvenor House. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Meeting the chef today on Chef's Table, it's Chef Omar. He's the head of culinary at LDC Kitchen and Coffee. So talking about making things in-house, a community restaurant in, in so many ways and what's on the menu. Chef, I need to ask you first, though, what would you give up, sugar or salt? Uh, I think it would have to be sugar, but uh, just because I'm very resourceful. 
And if you give up refined sugar, it doesn't mean you don't uh, necessarily have to give up sweets. So when it comes to salt, this is what I would miss if it was salt. Mm. I love like the salt flakes and obviously taste, but texture. That, like and that's quite hard to replicate with anything else. Yeah. Thank you for being with us today. I Pleasure. know Fridays in the world of hospitality are, are busy ones. So thank you for your time. Now, you, um, you're in my bad books because we are going to be talking about baked goodies and you haven't even you haven't even brought me a croissant <laughs> can I'm i ask sorry, you to I feel, leave this I studio feel, i feel terrible i feel terrible <laughs> now tell us a little bit about where you grew up and i guess what you were eating as as a child can you take us back in time um so i was actually born in egypt uh my family moved to the united states when i was four um for me i guess food was definitely a big part of my life even like it was a very strong transition from like growing up eating very traditional Egyptian food mm-hmm. um, to moving to the U.S. I still remember the first time I tried a McDonald's cheeseburger with my dad. Like we just moved to Chicago and I was freezing cold. And he took me to a McDonald's and I bit into that uh, like, you know, famous hamburger for the first time. And? Which is like it's uh, McDonald's is crazy, right? Because it's such it's a strong. Iconic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I think I feel I was very fortunate to grow up in a city like Chicago mm-hmm. because definitely – um, there are pockets of uh, like very rich cultural communities all around the city. So it wasn't hard to like go eat really amazing Vietnamese food, Chinese food. I'm one of the things I really miss still is like the Chicago Chinatown because it's like it's oh, amazing. And when yeah. were your family pretty open to going out and exploring different cultures and cuisines through yeah. food? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my my early on, I kind of had a passion for food. And I think I was fortunate because my family really like encouraged and supported that. Mm-hmm. When, um, did, when did you think it was going to be your job then, your life? When did that seem to be the reality? Yeah, when I was, let's see. Uh, so when I was 13, actually, my mom sent me to stay with um, an uncle of mine that lives in Italy. And he had set up for me to work in the kitchen of a little osteria in a town called Padova. So I went there and I would work like half days all through the summer. So I spent like three months there over the summer and they would just put me to do like the most menial, terrible <laughs> the tasks. bottom of the ladder. Yeah, yeah. So in, in that area of Italy, there's uh, like there are these scampi, like scampi style shrimp mm-hmm. called canoche and all of their spines are poisonous. Yeah, so if you poke your skin, like your hands swell up a little bit, like not terribly poisonous, you know, like mild enough for a 13 year old to touch. So my job was to take these boiled scampi shrimp and just cut the spines off and open them up every day. And just like the smell of lagoon scampi is just like, it'll, <laughs> it'll never leave my, my nightmares, I think. Um, but you weren't put off. No. So I came back, like I went back to Chicago after that summer and was basically like, okay, this is all I want to do for the rest wow. of my life. Was that, was that then difficult to concentrate on academics when you knew that that wasn't necessarily the road you were going to go down? There was definitely, uh, like later on when I got to the point where it was time to go to, to like university, um, I had considered to maybe go to culinary school and was actually like enrolled to go, but through a friend had gotten the opportunity to go work in a really like amazing restaurant in Boston. So I decided that I would do that for six months. It was initially supposed to be six months that I did that, um, and six months turned into four years. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, there's definitely advantages to going to culinary school. Mm-hmm. But I think 
in some ways we're fortunate within the culinary industry because it's still such like a trade or a craft. Absolutely. And it's a very defined hierarchy as well, you yeah, know, yeah. in terms of if you've got this on your resume and certain names, obviously, it's a it's a great passport to be moving around the world, which obviously has brought you to Dubai and you've worked in, I guess, kind of high end restaurants and now here at LDC, which I have to say is our neighbour just around the corner. And mm. I order from you guys a lot for anyone that hasn't eaten there, ordered from there. Like, how do you describe it? Like, I don't want to say food philosophy as such, but what's it all about from from your point of view as head of culinary? Yeah. So, you know, we really, with LDC, we try to be like the neighborhood restaurant of Dubai. That's m- at least my mentality behind what we make, what we put on the menu. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're very much trying to be a place where we're able to cater to a lot of different people. One of our, our brand models is actually a place where everyone has a seat at the table. So we're trying to be inclusive, not only with even our our management structure and management style, but with what we serve, what we offer. So we've got food for not just everyone in the family, but also if you have dietary restrictions, if, you know, what what have you. I think that's a really interesting point, actually, because when you think about the locations that you're in, you're going to have people from different income brackets, you're going to have people from, you know, different nationalities, different needs, depending on the time of day. Mm-hmm. And quality and consistency is so key for me if I, I mean I, I get stuck in a rut with ordering I'm like I should try something else but I'm good at order the structure I should order something else and I'm going to get the kale to be <laughs> you know I, because I know it's going to be good and it is always good and that consistency is often not the case um, in some places in Dubai she said very diplomatically yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I know you're really passionate about making things from scratch as well yeah. such as the croissants that you haven't brought to the studio this <laughs> afternoon um, what else what else are you you know trying to really have as much control over as possible when it comes to those raw ingredients all the way through to the customer eating so we are fortunate because I think we have a really strong team um, so we have a commissary where we're basically making you know, when we say everything is from scratch, really everything is from scratch. So we make our own sausages, even on our full English breakfast and on a lot of our breakfast dishes, we make the hash browns from scratch. Uh, we make, like we cut and steam and fry all of our own French fries every day. Um, like I can go on, you wow. know, the list goes on and on, but everything we do is is from raw ingredients straight up. So Why we can is that control. important to you personally? I think, you know, you bring up a good point about consistency and definitely building quality into everything that we do. So for us, it's just about putting the love and care into all the elements of everything that we serve. Um, Definitely as like this neighborhood style restaurant, I want the food to be like what I would serve anyone if they were to come into my house. Yeah, so I want that that it's real food, real ingredients. Even if your kid comes, you know, you come in on the weekend to have lunch with, I, I have a family also, so I understand. Um, I want that if you're going to order a, a pasta or a mac and cheese, that you know that you know the pasta is made fresh from scratch, that the sauce is actual cream with real cheese inside. Like mm-hmm. there's no shortcuts, there's no weird fake preservatives or anything like that. Everything is real food. What does your son like on the menu? My son actually is in like if I'm particular about food, he's crazy. So if he'll go and he loves to have the sausages, like our fresh homemade sausages, and if there's anything like particularly different even on the smallest detail he will immediately pick up on it and like will just look at me and be like these are wrong can't imagine where he gets that from he'll push the plate to me and be like i can't eat these get them away from me he's five he's five and already he gives me a hard time even at home listen kids have zero filter they're the biggest critics in the world he's, he, he makes me cry sometimes oh, <laughs> no, no 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 he's he's wonderful if he loves to cook with me also but this is where it starts 
Yeah, yeah. It's about that respect of ingredients all the way through and them understanding, you know, a chicken is a chicken. Yeah. This is what an egg looks. You know, yeah. like in it, in it matters. And I think as his parents have have a big responsibility to be doing that at home, but also going out to places that do care, that mm. really do care. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to ask you what your favourites are on the menu, but if someone's coming in over the weekend, what would you, in an ideal world, like to serve them? Um, so we actually do have, speaking of the weekend, we have a new cafe in Jumeirah that just opened. Oh, I'm in Jumeirah. Where is it? Uh, so it's in the Park Regis Boutique Hotel. Yes. It's on El Tanya and yes. uh, Beach Road, just up from Sunset Beach. Is it near where um, 21 Grams was? Yeah, so we've taken over the old 21 Grams awesome. space, actually. Great so, location. Yeah, we've made some changes. We have a little uh, grab-and-go window that we're in the process of activating. Nice. So we just got a little stairwell put in. Um, we have soft serve ice cream there. So actually we have a little deal going for the weekend. If you come and knock on the window and say the secret word, we'll give you a free soft serve ice cream. What's the secret word? I think, I mean, there was a little bit of uh, discussion about this, but I think it's ice, ice, baby. Do <laughs> <Yeah>. you get <laughs> two if you have it on your stereo at the same time? Uh, let's see. We'll see. We'll see. It depends on how much you live it up. You know? <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend coming down for breakfast. Uh, that space is awesome. We're just across the street from the park, especially. Um, and I'm personally a big fan of the breakfast offering that we have. Uh, there's a lot of greats on there, uh, smoked salmon benedict. My personal favorite is what we call the egg mock muffin, <laughs> which is a little nod to uh, our friends at McDonald's. <laughs> we shouldn't say that, I <laughs> no. think. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a tribute. Yes, exactly. No, so we make a fresh sausage patty. It's the same mix as we use for our, our sausages. English muffin, fried egg, cheese. Uh, and hot sauce mayo and served with a side of chips. But I like to get it with the hash browns. And then a little free soft serve ice cream afterwards. If you say the secret words. Omar, thank you so much for coming in. A real pleasure pleasure. to hear about what's been happening behind the scenes. And congrats on the new location. Keep us posted. And um, are you going back to the kitchen now? Yep. Yeah, he is. Chef Omar speaking to us. Head of culinary at LDC Kitchen and Coffee. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Joining us live in the studio, we've got Dan Fay. He is food writer Dan on Instagram, travels Dubai and the world, eating for his eating pleasures, but also our entertainment. How are you, sir? Hello, I'm good. Thanks. How are you? I'm I'm good. Full disclosure, I've been desperate to talk to you since I saw your um, adventures in Spain Shall we say now? Mm. You like many kind of. Food. I'm not crying, by the way. I've got an eyelash in my eye. I promise, I'm not upset that you're <laughs> that you're in the studio. I'm like, I look like I'm fully crying right now. Hey, so almost last time I was on air, I got a... <laughs> you got some hate mail. I got some hate mail. <laughs> I don't don't no no hate mail for Dan this afternoon, please. Um, yeah. So you like many food enthusiasts plan whole trips around where you're going to go, what you're going to eat, and Spain, as we know, one of well, the richest destinations when it comes to Michelin stars. Mm. So where did you go? How far in advance were we having to book some of these restaurants? So to be honest, I got lucky with a couple of places because I've got friends who are sort of in the industry who mm. can... So I, I feel a bit bad because there's some places that I got in that literally you need to wait six months to get into. But you were flexing the kind of like, yeah, kind yeah, of like abu- abusing my Instagram account to get try to get reservations. <laughs> you in do there. pay for everything. We should just be clear. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not sort of like trying to black freebies, but it's just sort of like sliding in the DMs of head chefs and being like, oh, I'm going to be in Barcelona oh, and I'm, you... I'm going to this place, this place, like, would be great to squeeze your place in. And Nice. Yeah, and, and there's a couple of friends. So, so Zoe, uh, Zoe Bowker, who's one of like the, she's a big food consultant over here and she's uh affiliated with uh, world's 50 best as well and uh she brought me along to uh, a three michelin star um fourth best restaurant in the world and he just won world's best chef Who's the day that? after we went to um so that's a restaurant called uh diverse diverse you said with no confidence at all e-r-x-o don't look at me. I think it's diversa. The one I want to talk to you about is easier to pronounce. It's not though, is it? Abac. Is it? I still don't know if it's A-B-A-C or Abac. Or, because the B's capitalised and the A's They're just little. just trying and... to be fancy, aren't they? Yeah. Just trying to confuse us. How many mission stars has it got? Three. Now, I w- please tell me you've saved the highlights from this Instagram story. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so I've kind of rebranded my instagram account so now now. all the highlights now are basically the stories of me deteriorating throughout a degustation menu (laughs) well not just you deteriorating but your mood deteriorating and my wife's mood as well she had a face like a slapped you know what she was not having the time (laughs) of her life we, we we both did tell us about going in what the setting was like and how it all unfolded so we're just walking and there's this private entrance into this stunning garden and you just walk into this beautiful venue and it was just it was just mesmerizing they brought us onto the terrace um they brought us a drink uh, brought us to our table and it was just we were so excited for this meal the menu just looked absolutely incredible um, they asked us if we had any dietary requirements a couple of simple ones that were easy to easy to sort out um then, yeah, the meal started. I mean, we were there for sort of 45 minutes before we started even thinking about getting any food from them. It was just kind of all talking and just sat having a drink. Faffing. And just, yeah, a lot of faffing. And I think I think our meal was at 1. So it's at 1.45 and we'd not eaten a bite yet. And I think it was about 15 courses. <laughs> so we're kind of like, it's going to be a long afternoon, is this? And it was our first day in Barcelona. So we're a bit like, oh should kind of get things moving a little bit um the first cost came it was fine um <laughs> it was it was fine yeah, it i was... want to know listen i want to hear the absolute low light. first of all i want to know how many hours were you there in total Dan? i think we were there five and a half hours <gasps> and we quit we quit it's you the tapped first out. it's the first time in seven or eight years of fine dining and going to like degustation menus where we've actually just said uh, we've had enough i think it were it were about half past five <laughs> no no it's like, no, it nearly six o'clock thank you for keeping it so real so and it was just tell uh, tell us then the the bits where you're like am i on candid camera is someone like, like do you know what's stealing hil- from do you know my what's wallet hilarious? Right now? a week later we were in madrid and we were at, um i can't remember which restaurant we were in but we we're in a very nice restaurant and we got speaking to the chef there and we really enjoyed it i think we we're at a place called um the smoked room which is two michelin stars uh danny garcia's place and we were talking to um the guy who was serving us there and he said they had a guest who was here the day before who'd also been to a back and they thought they were on candid camera when they were there like no word of a lie that was his exact words so- they thought they were getting punked <laughs> so there, were, there was one dish and do you know when you, you you make a boiled egg and you kind of like chop it off with like a a, a blunt knife and you yeah just so, take the top off it in, yeah. in like a you know breakfast at home kind of way yeah so you've got these implements that you can 
cut an egg really nicely. But they didn't bother with that. They just lopped off the top of this egg, scooped out the egg and like put a dish inside the egg. And apparently this is quite a trendy thing at the moment because um, one of my good friends, Pallavi, um, she she was doing a, a, a similar dining experience around Spain and around Europe. And she kept sending me pictures of like every it, egg course on a degustation a menu. And it's a thing, which is fine. But... Honestly, it was like it had been cut with a hammer. It was like... Apart, was there any kind of... I mean, I was going to say pretension. It sounds like there was a lot of pretension. But were there any dishes you're like, you are really having a laugh now? Yeah, there, there was. Um, oh, what was it now? It was called the stream of human consciousness. <laughs> I'm not joking. The stream of human consciousness. And it came in a like a scientist beaker. It was just a very bog standard just drink that they'd put wa- uh, dry ice pellets in. Mm-hmm. They brought this napkin over that was stained and they were like, smell this. And we <laughs> no were, thanks. We just like, you, you are. <laughs> smell, so basically smell this dirty napkin <laughs> and then take a drink from this. So they poured the drink and there's still the little pellets of dry ice in the glass. And it's like, well, I'm, I'm not going to drink dry ice and then eat the dessert. And it was just, it was one Dad, of the most ridiculous things that five, I have Five and a half hours, seen. how much did you pay? I think it was 750 euros, which oh is about... Oh my gosh. 3,000 <gasps> dirhams. And they gave, were, us, they gave us a 40 euro discount. Because oh, whoopsie woo. I think because we didn't have you pointed one out the, you point, And you pointed out the stained napkin. Oh my goodness. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinney's. Eat well. Live well. Food writer Dan is with us. Um, I have to say, thoroughly enjoying the absolute misery of you spending 800 dirhams on a three Michelin star restaurant where they served you a helium balloon. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate the honesty. It really has made me chuckle. Let's talk the latest food news because something that caught my eye in the headlines today was about labelling foods. Now, in the UK, they've got what, kind of like a traffic light system. So if it's got lots of salt or sugar or fat, you get, you know, a red and you've got ambers and greens. What they're talking about now is putting on how much exercise you'd need to do to burn it off. So I don't know. I've got no idea about let's say let's say a Twix is about 380 calories. That's probably a spinning class. How do you feel about that, Dan? I feel like they need to do it with these degustation menus and it'll probably stop me from spending 800 euros on something that's rubbish. Just a big but yeah, red light. I mean, I came back from Spain. I've been there for, I think, 16 days and I'd put on six kilograms. Oh, good work. Six, like, that's the most for me. I've, I've, And we're walking like 20,000 steps a day, so I'm all for it. I mean, Are I, you really? Oh, yeah. I think it would make me think. Yeah. I think for a lot of people... I think it worked with cigarettes as well. Yeah. I think for a lot of people, it's pretty problematic in terms of, you know, disordered eating. I mean, I went to the States about 15 years ago and went to the cinema and they told you how many calories are in your cinema snacks. So I was like, I mean, I love nachos. Love a cinema nacho. 800 calories. Yeah. And I got a hot dog instead. So it did change my behavior. But sometimes I just don't want to know. There was a coffee that I used to get here from a a, a very reputable Canadian um, coffee place. Careful, yes. So yeah, I'm learning my lessons from like two years ago when I got in trouble. Got your wrist slapped. Um, And I used to have this amazing Christmas one that they had and it had 1,500 calories (gasps) in one drink. 
No. It was, yeah, I can't remember exactly why it was, but it was just... Lard. It was just cinnamon, uh, yeah, cinnamon it was just, and lard. It, yeah. Saying that, I went for a sandwich at a reputable, not actually not that reputable, <laughs> an American chain restaurant. And it was, I swear, one of the best sandwiches I've ever had in my life. Nice. And I got halfway through it and I was like, this is too good. There's got to be more to it. And it had 1,600 calories in one sandwich. And wow. I was like, mm, mm. would I have ordered that if that was on the menu? I feel like information is incredibly useful, but I do think very problematic for, for lots of people. So True. interesting to see what happens. But, I, but I read something um, in preparation to this, and I think in America, there's 2.8 million deaths related to obesity Um, so if you compare that to the likes of sort of like the covid pandemic and 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 the people who died from that then surely like this is just as much as an issue as well and i do think that you think about certain parts of the world looking at you the uk when you look at the healthcare system being under so much stress and a lot of it is lifestyle factors yeah this is it i think something like 45 percent of of uh, diabetes related illnesses are to do with yeah. Um, obesity and cancer and yeah it's it's a big drain on, on the healthcare system so although I don't like going too serious on this show like it, it, it is something that definitely needs to be sort of let's go back to the helium balloon Dan yeah so they gave you a helium balloon so yeah so I, as I was saying to uh, Helen in the in the break there's a restaurant called Alinea in Chicago and they have this dessert which is a balloon dessert and they make a balloon out of sponge sugar and it's the most incredible thing, like a full-size balloon. So when we saw this three Michelin restaurant doing a balloon dessert, we were kind of like, yeah, this is going to be good. They literally bought us, brought us a helium balloon and told us to suck it so that we had a high squeaky voice while we were eating our dessert to give it a childlike quality. It did look like a balloon from a kid's party. 750 euros, three Michelin stars. 800. (laughs) 800, Wow. 800 euros, three Michelin stars. Oh, Unbelievable. I, I urge you to go and look at this because for that for that helium dish, I think your caption on the story was you, when your wife's <laughs> favourite dish is a helium balloon, you know it's been a disastrous lunch. Yeah. Thank you for coming in, sharing the misery. Where are you going this weekend? What are you eating? So I'm going to uh, Time Out Market. <laughs> if, you've, uh, if you've been following my uh, Instagram stories, we've been in discussion about it. But yeah, I'm going there for some food because some of my favourite restaurants are there. Me and, too. What uh, are you going to eat? Oh, it's a tough one. I do like Reef's um, ramens, but we had that last night for dinner. I took some back after I was there yesterday, so maybe try some Masti. Or yeah, but Masti, bit of bit, bit of, of bit of hatamata brisket. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I mean, I'd have pit fire, but we're having pizzas tonight at home. I'm making, I'm getting the pizza oven out first time after the holiday. It's so the season. Tis the season, yeah. So I'm going to make some pizzas tonight. So maybe have a curry. If you fancy feeling better about your life choices and where you're spending your money, I urge you to go and check out Food Writer Dan on Instagram. Head to his Instagram stories. The one we've been talking about is Abac A B A C. We still don't number six on still the. Still don't know uh, if we're saying it right. Um, and yeah thank you I have to say misery loves company and I've really enjoyed it <laughs> Dan for joining us today you're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8 with Spinneys eat well live well talking produce now and I think more than ever we want to know where our food comes from Yasin Al-Kodmani is the operations manager with Emirates Biofarm it is and I mean this truly a one-of-a-kind organic farm that's all about educating visitors about agriculture farming and food Yasin how are you this afternoon hello Helen hi hi now for anyone that hasn't been to the Emirates Biofarm can you explain it um, to us a little bit about how it all started well, Emirates Biofarm started as 
an organic farm distributing fresh vegetables to the supermarkets and, and homes around the UAE. But when we started posting a lot of the photos of our fields, so many people asked, can we visit? And we ended up opening up the farm for a few open farm days, which became very popular. And that kind of uh, ballooned to become a full visitor center where people can come out, shop, eat at the restaurant and, and have a full tour of the farm and learn a bit more about local food production. I love the idea of a visit, especially with kids, because I feel like unfortunately there is still a massive disconnect between farm and food and, you know, what ends up on our plate and what it might have looked at when it came out of the soil. Um, You must have heard some interesting comments over the years. Have there been any surprise visitors about what's been uh, what's been found on the farm? Um, In terms of questions from guests? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, of course, there's a lot of. Uh, especially if you grew up here in the city, maybe you felt that there isn't much going on. So I'd get, yeah, you know, do you grow cactus? What are you producing in the desert? And of course, um, we we are able to produce a, a wide variety of crops. And I think people are more aware these days of, of what's going on. But it's always fun to have the school kids out, especially. I think that's close by aspect is so important now you know using sustainable farming practices but also to think about our food traveling a matter of kilometers rather than thousands of kilometers um is it true that the, some of the products are available with you know within well, less than 24 hours of being harvested yeah actually i would say up to 90 percent of our crops we are as we speak harvesting and our vehicles would leave the farm around 3 a.m. and they would be on the shelves uh, to be on the shelves bright and early by 6 a.m. So yeah, you can you can theoretically you can shop and actually cook something that was in the ground you know 24 hours ago. Yeah. T- tell us what you're harvesting. What's what's coming out of the soil and and onto our shelves at the at the minute, Yasin? Well, we just ended the summer season and we're starting our our harvest season. So. It starts off slow. We are starting now with eggplants, okra, a lot of zucchini, uh, marrow, and uh, oak, uh, ladyfinger. Yeah, we mentioned mm-hmm. okra, cucumbers as well. So these are the crops right now. But every day, which we we are adding, or every week, I must say, we we are adding different crops. And by December, Jan, you're basically in full swing with over fifty items. Um, and just lastly, tell us a little bit about the restaurant. Um, any favorite dishes that we could be trying? Well, yeah, the, the funny thing about the restaurant, I've always left it up to the creativity of the chef. And I think this is this is the magic of these, you know, farm to, 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 to plate concepts where there, there is no real menu. And it is vegetarian. It is uh, basically just the eggs and the vegetables from the fields. But you will notice when we have a bumper crop of, let's say, beetroots or carrots, you're going to end up with beetroots in your salad, in your main course, As we in should. your dessert. And <laughs> That's what it's, it's yeah. all about, about eating eating seasonally. Um, and a couple of questions asking about how to book to visit the farm. Great. Thank you for preempting that, um, Omar there and uh, Anita too. Um, how, how can you book to, to pay a visit to the farm? Well, we open in uh, usually, so it's kind of weather dependent, but first week of November to uh, mid-November. And it's a walk-in, six days a week. So uh, you can come out anytime. Usually also, please check 
of course, our social media before you head out, just in case if there's bad weather or not. But we accept walk-ins, and we do tours every single hour, starting from 9 a.m. So, yeah, people basically, even if there isn't a tour available right away, the visitor center has, you know, kids' play area, goats to feed, there's a restaurant, um, there's shopping. So you can do quite a bit while you wait for, for your tour. Yes, it sounds absolutely idyllic. Thank you for bringing it to our world and our attention today and, of course, bringing some beautiful produce to the shelves too. Thank you so, so much. Um, have a wonderful weekend ahead. Happy growing, happy harvesting. And um, I'll hopefully come and see you down on the farm come November. Thank you so much, Look, sir. Looking forward to it. Take Thank care. you so much. Yazan speaking to us from Emirates Biofarm. If you want the website for booking and finding out more, drop me a little line on 4001 and I will send you that link. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinnies. Eat well, live well. Some really exciting launches. We're talking food news now with Tom Harvey, the general manager of commercial at Spinnies. And before we start talking products, salt or sugar, which could, which would you say goodbye to forever? I think I'm going to have to say goodbye to sugar. I'm definitely more of a savouries guy. So I haven't made my, my mind up yet. I'm enjoying everyone's reasoning because I'm like... I, I have got real sweet tooth, but there's nothing like the crunch. And do you know what? The, the, your, your salt flakes, the spinny salt flakes, we've always got kind of two pots on the go because they just add. They're amazing. They're they? amazing. Yeah. I made my, I made my, literally the only food tip you'll ever get from me is I make like a shakshuka sauce at the beginning of every week. And then a couple of times a week, I'll just heat it up, crack some eggs into it. I get some of the Arabic bread, toast it, and then a little bit of the Himalayan salt flakes on top. And I'm like, that is a good way to start the day. Fantastic to have you with us, Tom. And you haven't come empty-handed. Never do. Never do. Um, You've got some new Spinney's Food products across the board. In fact, a personal gripe of mine, I went in to buy some cheese bread this morning. You changed the packaging. You didn't even consult your number one customer of the cheese maniche. I'm sorry. It looks great, though. It is great. We've got we've got so many amazing products that have come in in the Spinney's food range in the last um, well last few months, and there's a lot more to come. But there's mm. there's a lot uh, landed on the shelves this month, and uh, we're really excited about all Has of the. Has this products. meant lots of tasting behind the scenes? A lot of tasting behind the scenes, but you know the tasting happens months, if not sometimes years, in advance. So you know we're 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 always working well ahead. Christmas is put to bed. We we've been That's tasting crazy. all the Easter eggs recently. No. Yeah, so. It's um, um, tough job. It's a, somebody's got to do it, though. <laughs> you're, you're keeping off keeping off the pounds with the uh, the cycling. <laughs> with the though, cycling, don't, exactly. Don't worry. Yeah. Now, the reason I went to Spinney's this morning was to get some stuff for breakfast for the weekend, and we always have this kind of family discussion of: Do we get cheese maniche? Do we get the mini pan au chocolat? Do we get madeleines? And today I bought a, a few of those. Um, but you've got new Madelines. We've got new Madelines, yeah. So um, still coming from the same place. We have uh, we have our own bakery here in Dubai. Um, so uh, we we make all of our own Madelines in in Dubai to our to our own recipe. But um, just a little bit of an upgrade on on the ingredients. So a slightly special, more special flour and all all butter. So they're just they're just that little bit richer. Um, just absolutely amazing and some different flavors as well there's there's a whole range of different flavors so mm-hmm. um yeah. some red red velvet some chocolate and you've got some oil 
in front of you today. So that, yeah, what I, brought, have you brought? I, brought, I brought in. We've got well, we've got a whole range of new extra virgin olive oils that we we've got different varieties that we bring from um, the olive groves of Italy, of Greece, of Spain, um, but we've also got some that are um, flavoured. Um, and the particular one I've got in front today is our truffle oil. Now you are a bit of a dab hand in the kitchen. What would you do with that? Well, there's all sorts of things you can do. I mean, actually, if you want to just take something that's sort of a little bit more of an everyday uh, dish, like just a mushroom pizza, a little drizzle of truffle oil. Get some more umami on it. Yeah, exactly. But I wanted to, this one in particular, we're we're really proud of. There's, There's... not all truffle oils are equal. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of truffle oils where, unfortunately, um, other companies who won't be named Never. will use artificial flavourings. A, a lot of truffle oils, actually, it's, a, it's an extract of petrol that gives it that truffle flavour. Or you see things where it's, it's nature identical, which is another way of saying it's, it's not real truffle. Uh, Ours is not like that. We we have as a policy for Spinney's Foods, um, all of our products have to have no artificial flavours or preservatives. So this has got the proper... The real deal. The real deal, the authentic black truffle to give a proper flavour. And it does give a much, much deeper, richer, unctuous flavour. So this is this is the one to have in your kitchen. Um, Tom, I saw... Oh, first of all, I just want to say how much I love the Spinney's No Mask announcement. Oh, it's like, been amazing. Almost uh, made me cry. Me too. I, I, I actually didn't know it was coming out. Um, we've, um, we, you know, we'd been, we'd been really hoping to, uh, you know, that the day would come and it finally come. And then I got home and sort of saw it come up on my own Instagram and, and, and Warwick, who uh, uh, heads up our marketing, I'd send him a message. This is brilliant. And everybody's copying us on it now. It's it's great. We, but no, it, it's been lovely, and we've had such a wonderful response. So it's it's put a smile on a lot of people's faces. I think because it really has summed up the essence of you know what a lot of people's experience yeah. is. And actually, I went into Spain's this morning not wearing a mask and felt really naughty. <laughs> it was like, oh, this is like it's been two and a half years. I'm, I'm feeling really guilty because obviously a lot of our staff working behind the food counters are, st- are still having to wear masks. As so they should, uh, and, they're, and they're doing a brilliant job. But um, but no, yeah. the video was gorgeous i just wanted to say that because if you haven't seen it yet head over to the spinney's instagram because it's 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 very special indeed but one thing i also spotted on your instagram the last week and i nearly commented saying who do i need to shake the hand of who has introduced the ice balls the spheres whose idea was that because they are brilliant well was it you (sighs) it was you um it my idea, but actually, um, I've got a brilliant team that spent a lot of time uh, led by a guy called Philip, who looks after all of the development of our own label, um, and uh, he has worked tirelessly to, uh, to to bring that. So, yeah, it looks the the idea was actually that it would look a little bit like a football for oh. a certain event that is uh, is coming up. I'm not so bothered a, about that aspect. Weeks. I'm um, more about keeping my drink cold but, for longer. But they're brilliant, and yeah, the big a, a large lump of ice like that. Whatever you're drinking, it will. Keep keep it colder for much longer so they're, they're brilliant you're listening to farmer's kitchen on dubai i 103.8 with spinnies eat well live well joining us from spinnies we've got tom harvey he is the general manager of commercial and talking of air fryers tom you haven't got one I haven't got one. I'm, I'm not allowed. My wife won't let me get one until we've moved into our new house and have a bigger kitchen. <laughs> but you know what? You can save so much counter space with exactly. one. Now, when um, when you think about gadgets in your kitchen, what is the one bit of kit that you're like, that was a total waste of money? I've got so many. Have you? <laughs> um, um, 
producer. Bread maker. Mm. Although I use I use that for pizza dough, but um, it doesn't get used for anything else. Ice cream maker. No, I haven't got one of those. Don't do it. No. Big, big mistake. What about the, your most used bit of kit? Um, I don't really do it as, as much in terms of gadgets, but actually probably my mandolin. Oh, for, really? For, for really, really thin slicing stuff. For you know, if you want to make... Potato gratin. Potato gratin or just things like... No, you know, really, really good fresh coleslaws. You know, mandolin's amazing. Okay, I like it. Mm. We asked this question earlier in the week and I, it, it just turned into a, bit, into a bit of a shopping list. I was like, okay, now I really want a new knife sharpener and maybe I should, you know, revisit my spiralizer. Yeah. Now, talking of air fryers, um, some great... I mean, when we think about certain sporting events coming up and watching at home or just quick and easy dinners. Things could go in the air, in the air fryer. Um, Spinney's Foods brought out some fantastic bits and bobs. What, if you did have an air fryer, Tom, what would you be putting in it? Well, we've got a big new range in our uh, frozen cabinets of all the, you know, the lovely sweet potato fries, classic French fries, onion rings, all those naughty... Not, nibbles. Not naughty in an air fryer. Not naughty in an air 95% fryer. 95% less oil than deep frying. Even even better. Can, but, you, tell, uh, can yeah. you tell I really want a new one? <laughs> <laughs> we're not allowed to enter this one, though, no, are we? No, we're not. But but you know what? Since thinking about air fryers this week, I've used mine so much more than usual. So I made sweet potato fries in it the other night. I roasted, did a spatchcock chicken in mm-hmm. it the other night and made pizza. You can just put a pizza Amazing. in. I know. Talk to me about pizzas because you've got some new ones. Yeah, we've got a whole range of new pizzas. We are, again, we're making them locally. Um, so we, we do have a big thing about um, either sourcing from authentic locations or trying to source from local businesses. So um, we are we are making all of our um, Italian-style pizzas here in Dubai. Um, but we are using a proper Neapolitan pizza dough recipe. So it's a, a, an, an Italian flour. It's a 48-hour slow fermentation on the dough before any of the toppings go on so that you really do get that lovely rich Ooh. crispy crunch with a nice like bubbling bubbly texture to the dough it's and tummies rumbling across yeah, the uae I know. tom harvey your work here is done thank you so so much my pleasure enjoy your weekend you're gonna get out on your bike uh prob- probably not there's a brunch tomorrow so <laughs> yeah don't make any promises you can't exactly. keep tom harvey speaking to us from spinney's this is farmer's kitchen on dubai i 103.8 with spinney's eat well live well it is World Vegetarian Day tomorrow, so if you're thinking about cutting down on your meat consumption, it's a good day to start. And if you're looking for a vegetarian restaurant to visit, that's what we're talking about now. Avatara only opened six months ago, and it's Dubai's first and only all-vegetarian degustation fine dining experience. What does that mean? We're going to be finding out. It also cases to vegan, gluten-free diets as well on request. And executive chef Rahul Rana joining us now. How are you, chef? Hi, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm really well. I just want to start by saying congratulations because you very early on in your life as a restaurant got a nod from Michelin. And I think a lot of people in the industry were so thrilled for you. What was it like to hear that news? Uh, Actually, we were very surprised to uh, get about that. Uh, We were not expecting that uh, very early because uh, the month when we opened... Uh, the same month, Michelin announced that they are coming in Dubai. Amazing. And, uh, and we were like uh, not expecting that, that someone will come and dine with us and then they will judge us and then they will put us on a Michelin guide. So for us, when I got the mail from the Michelin guide, uh, it was like a thrill for me. 
uh, even my team and everyone was very excited and uh, for us it's a big achievement uh, for the restaurant who just opened like in in three months it's it really is it really is and i think um it says a lot as well about how well regarded vegetarian cuisine is and it not being an afterthought and for an awful long time vegetarian offerings on menus were I don't know, like a sad risotto or, you know, a, a portobello mushroom turned upside down with something in it. And, you know, we've seen in the last few years such an explosion of innovation and enjoyment and fun in, in this cuisine. And, and I wondered a little bit about your background. Are you a vegetarian yourself, chef? Uh, actually, I'm not a vegetarian. Uh, being a chef, it's uh, very difficult to be a vegetarian as uh, you have to travel, you have to go to the other restaurant to try their food. Mm-hmm. And I'm working with a company where we are handling six restaurants. So we usually go to each other restaurant to taste their food. So it is difficult to be a vegetarian. Uh, but uh, about this concept, like uh, uh, about me, like I have uh, uh, I worked with Anand and the Himalayas in India. And uh, that place is known for its wellness uh, principle of Ayurveda. Mm-hmm. And before coming to Dubai, I worked with a European restaurant, which is like the fine dining version of a European restaurant, uh, Indigo and Olive Bar and Kitchen. Mm-hmm. And uh, before opening the Aptara, I was working with uh, Tresin and Carnival by Tresin as an executive pastry chef. Uh, like oh. from 2016, I was working with the, with the same team. It's a brilliant team there. And you're there in the Voca Hotel on Shakeside Road. So you've got some great neighbours um, around you as well on the food front. Um, tell us a little bit about the menu. I haven't been yet, but I've got some friends who are chefs. I've got friends who are just really big foodies. And your restaurant just seems to be coming up again and again and again. And the, the, the kind of phrase I keep on hearing people is, it's vegetarian, but you'll honestly really like it because I, I do enjoy eating meat. Has, has that been a bit of a surprise, getting customers through the door who perhaps aren't, you know, plant-based or vegetarian? Yeah. So uh, let me explain about the bit of the concept that we are doing at Aptara. So, like, it's a pure vegetarian concept. And uh, actually, this concept was born in 2019. And uh, we get a chance to open this in March uh, 2022. And uh, as you know, we are the only one who is offering like 16 course pure vegetarian degustation experience here. So uh, if I talk about the menu, so uh, as of now, we, are, uh, we have just introduced our new menu. And on this new menu, we are exploring the least favorite vegetable, <laughs> which you will rarely find like, in like any fine dining restaurant. <laughs> like, like we are using here bitter gourd, we are using bottle gourd. Uh, jackfruit and turnip so these kinds of vegetables we are using in the menu and uh, we don't use cottage cheese we don't use mushroom as uh, these are the things which you can easily find in any indian restaurant or or any any vegetarian restaurant uh, in dubai so you're challenging yourself but also i guess it makes sense to be going after the 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 less, in, you know, perhaps other inspiring dishes and be like, do you know what, we can, we can put a spin on this. We can make you think about this ingredient in a completely different way. And the photos that I've seen of the dishes, they look like art, chef. They're just absolutely stunning. How much does that visual um, element play into how you create dishes? Is that something you're thinking about, people taking photos of the food, which they obviously do? Uh, actually, see, uh, for me, uh, the main thing which matters, it, uh, it is all about uh, the taste of the food. 
And whenever we do the plate presentation, we always uh, keep this thing in the mind, like uh, what element is going well and what is the story connected with this? Like we have a, a first course which we offer, we said it's Nevedia. So that is a thing which we usually offer to the God. So whenever you start eating food uh, in Indian culture, that is what we believe. Like you have to offer first food to the God mm -hmm. and then you have to take it back, back as a prasadam, as a blessing from the God. So usually when you offer a food to the God, so it is just not only the food or any food uh, going to the, to the uh, deity. It, is, it is goes along with the flowers. So in our first course, we have uh, used some edible flowers which is uh, decorated well the, the, our dish. Mm -hmm. So every dish has their story, their connection. And then we try to make it more beautiful so the people can eat from their eyes first and then they can feel like this dish is going well as for the concept. Oh, it sounds beautiful from start to finish. We've had a number of messages asking how many courses and how much. Great, great points there, guys. That was... Uh, that was from G. So how, you, did you say 15 courses? Is that right? We are offering 16 courses. Wow. And it's all are the pure vegetarian things we are using here. You will find good numbers of vegetable and the lentils. And we are using lots of ingredients, which which not uh, using in every restaurant. Uh, we are using a lentil called horse gram. Mm -hmm. uh, if you see that that kind of lentil you will find in the northern part of India, but in certain places, not not in every places. So we, uh, as a chef, like so many chefs, uh, belong to that places, and they bought it uh, that lentil from uh, their hometown, and we are cooking that uh, that kinds of lentil in Dubai. And the horse gram um, lentil is very nutritious as well. You know, it's a really good source of minerals. I think it's even. You know, it's, it's got real health benefits. Plus, you're talking there about, you know, some things that are part of Ayurvedic medicine. So we can go along and, and not feel too guilty about our 16-course menu. As, please say that's right, Chef. Yeah. <laughs> Good to know. And in terms of cost, uh, 450 dirhams um, for those 16 courses. Chef, thank you so, so much. Rahul, it's been an absolute pleasure to understand a little bit more about your food philosophy and what we can find on those plates there at Avatara. And if anyone wants the details, it's avatara.ae. Chef Rahul, get back to the kitchen. I know you'll have a busy service tonight. It's Friday. And I really do yeah. appreciate your time. Have a fantastic weekend ahead. And if you do want more information, avatara.ae. World Vegetarian Day tomorrow. Thanks for being with us on this episode of Farmer's Kitchen. You can tune in live every single Friday afternoon between 2 and 5 on Dubai Eye 103.8.